Hello and welcome to Around the ACL. I'm your host, Michelle Thompson. I'm joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And how are we doing after a full weekend of cornhole? I got a dose. I got a dose. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm ready to talk about it. Anthony, Anthony has been itching. He's got like 75 papers of statistics just sitting in right oh. in front of him. He just I'm sure he he's, does. he's shaking. He's ready. We've, we've got three hours for the show, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, just just buckle in, everybody. All right, today we are not going to talk for three hours, but we are going to talk about open number three. We're going to review the winners. We're going to spend some time with Mike Morton, of course. We'll jump into some news around the league. We'll bring on the level one singles champ, Noah Almanza, and then we'll wrap up by running through some buy or sell predictions and then our holy hot takes. In this stacked open, we saw a lot of pros come out, and many of these pros are on the leaderboard, but we also had some other advanced players sneak in there. Our level one doubles champs were Brett Guy and Matt Guy, the powerful father-son duo. No surprise there. The level one singles champ was Noah Almanza, and the women's single champ was Cameron Belvin. Chucky Love pulled out a win in quite possibly the longest game of the year against Damon Dennis. And the advanced blind draw champs were Brandon Mobilia and young Caden Allen. As I said, some of that was not a surprise. Some of it was unexpected, to me at least. But let's start with the uh, doubles. So we got Brett and Matt Guy. What do you think about this? All the doubles matches. Let's get started there. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, this was this was kind of Matt Guy making a statement. I really think he's kind of continued that. Uh, for me, my eyes are kind of fully set on Matt Guy now. Him finding a bag that he really likes and the same bag as Jamie Graham, I think, is really. Uh, really kind of scary. And even though he just played with Brett guy, I thought Brett, Brett played really, really well, but, but Matt guy was unbelievable, was really impressed by, by Jamie Graham and, and Jordan power who came up just a little bit short. Um, But ultimately, yeah, I, I learned a good bit about some teams. I was really interested coming into this to see how some of the new teams played together. But one thing that I found very interesting is when you kind of got down to like a, a final four-ish, there weren't very many teams that played together or planned to play together in the pro division this season, right? I think I went through the final four, and of the final four, there was only one team in that doubles final four that plans to play together in the pro division this season, and that's Jimmy Humans and Tyler Cobb. And for me personally, I got to give a shout out to Tyler Cobb. I have been just absolutely ragging on Tyler Cobb for the past few weeks, saying that I was worried about him, but he came up to play and, and he really, really played well. I thought Jimmy Humans was arguably, besides maybe Matt Guy, the most impressive player on day uh, day two, I guess, which would have been the doubles day. So. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a really good open, learned a lot of different things and just kind of interested to see if we see more of the same, especially as we get in, um, to kind of our, 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 the meat of our schedule here with the, the middle opens as well as the kickoff to the pro season. Were you mesmerized by Matt guy too, Anthony? Who wasn't? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, before getting to doubles, just kind of a big picture thought, I mean, I'd, I'd like to send a shout out to Wally Kassler, Sean Asp, Dane Asp. And we got a guest cameo appearance from Jason McCannon for bringing us that, that, uh, uh, co uh, coverage all weekend. I mean, it was thorough. It was funny. It was informative. It was technical. Well done on that boys. And really props of course, to the ACL. We've got this like, just clean standardized look. Now the featured court, the camera angles with the mini trusses, the scoreboard, we're pulling in the brackets, the stats. I mean, I'm loving it. Trey, is this is this a product of Fast Money Fred's uh, work? Is this his handiwork? 
<laughs> it's it's a, well, a lot of work. A lot of it's Wally. Wally does a really good job, but we we got some uh, we got some good things cooking for the live stream courts this year. Got some some really different cool pieces of infrastructure that we're trying to lay in place. So uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a collective team effort. Okay, okay, loved it. By the way, um, yeah. So shout out to those guys. So in doubles. You mentioned it already. Jimmy Humans and Ty Cobb. I mean, that was my sleeper pick, and man, did they show up. Um, they battled their way to, to, to the bracket final. They got that first scoop against Graham and Power. Cobb's his, his slick side. He went slick side for some reason. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but it kept finding the left side of that hole. I think that was the difference in that match. And Dave Sutton called it on my sleeper poach. He said, anyone sleeping on them is in a coma. And the dude was right. <laughs> I mean, uh, second, you know, second place bracket finish for humans, Cobb, a nice opener for the new partnership. It was really fun to watch those guys make a run. So Trey, I got a question for you. You know, I'm certainly sleeping on this partnership as a top 10. If we were talking 20, it'd be a different story, but top 10, you didn't have them on your top 10 either. What are your thoughts on a solid showing in an open format versus what we would see in a similar showing in a national format? Are we talking apples to apples? Um, I don't think we are because, uh, and, and that's not to, to, to believe, belittle anything that anybody has accomplished this weekend. Um, I think there's just a little bit of a difference and part of it is at the end, right? Because at the end here, you're kind of just walking 10 feet and yeah, there's some camera trussing and some things like that, but it, it's not the same feel, right? When you're talking about ESPN and CBS, it's, you got to, walk all the way kind of the other side of the room. <laughs> and now there's like, Oh, there's lights all around me. There's big camera. It's like, it's a different feel at the end there. And then also, I think part of the reason I think it's a little bit different too, has to do with the fact of what I said in the open that only one of the top four teams plans to play together this season. So yeah. it was like, for me, it, it kind of felt like which team coming in was the most talented. Right. And when we talk about, when you look at some sports, right. And you look at a team, a team may be the most talented, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be the best team because of things like team chemistry, because of things like coaching, because of things like strategy. Um, and so as the year goes along, we're going to see teams that develop really good chemistry actually outperform what I would deem their talent level because they've developed this really good camaraderie, this ability to play together as a team, and they're going to be better doubles teams than they are individual singles players. So ultimately, I think it's a great start. Um, I think if you had the chance to win this particular event, winning this event definitely gives you a ton of momentum to go back and win. But if you didn't finish very high, especially in doubles, or if you finished in the top 10, I'm not necessarily saying that's directly going to correlate to where you finish at, say, the pro double standings this season. I like it. I like it. Hey, Mish, just two thoughts in doubles, uh, and then I'll close it out. So I am down with that Ryan Windsor-Devin Harbaugh partnership. I'm, I'm feeling how those styles complement each other. I could I could use more of that if they were to continue maybe some of the opens together. But Guy Nation doing it again. We've already mentioned that. Matt Guy's on another planet. So just kind of run some stats at you. So in his two appearances – uh, at his first two opens, I mean, his numbers are way out there. If we talk about open number one, doubles, he threw a 10-6-2 PPR in that tournament. Then he goes on to, to singles an 11.01. And here's the kicker. I think that's the big one, a .93 DPR. So he's almost got that one DPR over 156 rounds at open number one singles. So we're talking about a huge sample set. Then he comes out this weekend, almost repeats the same thing, a 10-3-6 in doubles, 
a 1.04 DPR in doubles. So anytime you're over four no, or over one DPR, people aren't scoring on you that often. And then another 11 plus PPR in singles. So we're seeing a trend where he's killing it in both, but he's showing a little bit better um, in, in singles uh, in those PPRs. Just want to mention Brett Guy. He's got a nasty backup blocker. We don't talk a lot about if we could get into some tra strategy if we had more time, but it's such a critical and underrated shot, in my opinion, that people just don't practice. So this is a four-point bag when you can take away a simple push. You put yeah. a perfectly positioned backup blocker, you take away a four, an easy four-point push. And it's a five-point bag when you forced Miss Air Mills. And he was just on with that backup blocker. Consistent backup block. Good run to those guys. Congrats to Guy Nation. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it was crazy to watch. I felt so bad. Trey Birchfield posted, how do you lose with an 11 PPR? It's like, oh, because you played my guy. <laughs> that's, that's how you lose. I mean, that's the only way. But so sad. Getting into the singles. I mean, that was crazy to watch that. I mean, we got we didn't really get to see too much of the Mac guy, Trey Birchfield, because it was on the other court. But we saw a little bit of the cell phone footage. I mean, just nuts. What do you think about singles and how that played out? Well, with the, the deep talent pool, I mean, I think we can all say, you know, a Noel Monza, Brandon Babilia, Matt Finals is exactly what everybody expected, right? Absolutely. I mean, just... That's what I predicted. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> um, you know, I think, if anything, the thing I really like is that, you know, both of us sat here on buy or sell on our first episode. And when we said Noah Almanza would be a rookie candidate, we both sold it. Right. And so I think he said, uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> <made> mistake. <laughs> so, and, and I know Anthony is really going to dive into the stats here and cause he made a really good point and I'm excited for him to talk about it here. So I'll let him talk a little bit about Almanza, but it's, it's unbelievable the level of talent that is is here. You're not going to be able to pick and decipher who is going to win these tournaments is what it feels like this year. I mean, even when you look at, you know, someone like an Eric Anderson who made the final eight, it's almost kind of like he, we've almost, or at least I did kind of forgot that he's still that unbelievable talent and he makes it all the way to the final eight. He was dominant. He was throwing slick bags for the first time. So for me, it was it was really impressive to see him. But you could go through all these different pools. How about Cheyenne Renner winning her bracket, right? And if she doesn't, you know, I think she had a little bit of a lag because she was one of the first brackets to get done. And then she had to wait and wait and wait for that final eight bracket to get generated. And I don't think if she doesn't have to wait necessarily that long or if everybody kind of has to wait the same amount of time, you know, who knows? Maybe she she's the one that goes on a big run there. So it's just... It's going to be impossible this season. It, make it even harder to kind of narrow down who we think is going to win. I'll give a shout out to Sean Asp. He was bold enough to put, after looking out of the brackets, his eight people that he thought were going to win, and he went one for eight, right? That a one for eight on his bracket picks, and that's that's nothing to say against Sean Asp. It just shows you that someone that knows the sport as well as he does. If I had done the same thing, who knows if I would have gotten one of them right, right? So I mean, it's just it's 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 unbelievable depth this year. And Cheyenne had to wait a long time, I think, when she played Cameron as well. And I was actually going to ask about that. I don't know right now is the right time. But I'm curious about if you if you get the king seat or queen seat and you have to wait so long, the other person has momentum. And I feel like that does play in their favor a lot. But, Anthony, what, what are your thoughts about the, the singles bracket? Man, singles was fun. I could talk two hours about singles. So I'm just going to break it into one-liners just to kind of walk through singles. Another second place for Jordan Power. I know. Trey, this has to be some kind of record. 
he's, for a second year pro. He's not afraid to show that disappointment either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was like, what did they what did they used to call Tyler Poitras, like third place Poitras or something like that? Is he yeah. second place power now or something? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Poor guy. Eric Anderson in the final eight playoff. I mean, the kid is grinding. I'd like seeing him have a solid run in singles and make it to that dot, bottom eight. Philip Lopez, Kenzie Beach, and Victor Glass got game. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these names might not be familiar to our extended fan fan, fan base. I'm good. I'm glad to see these guys show up. They got game. Eric Zockline and Josh Holland are here and a force to deal with. Trey, we talked about last week. We weren't sure what Zockline was going to bring us. I feel like he showed up. I feel like yeah, he showed he up and showed that he can he can be a force in this league. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's he absolutely he did what we wanted him to do, and we're worried about that he couldn't do. But he did. I mean, he showed up. He played. He is a top, you know, whatever that came down to, a top 10 finish, really, when he finished ninth. So so for me, that's exactly what I wanted to see. Him and Tanner had a good run in doubles, too. Exactly what I wanted from Zockline. Next one up. Trey Birchfield throws an 11 PPR and loses. I know. Now, here's the kicker. In 28 rounds, he threw an 11 plus in 28 rounds. That, that is just unreal. And then loses. Unbelievable. Jamie Graham, what's that? Go ahead. I, feel, I just feel so bad. I mean, that you just, I mean, I always say I'm happy if I play well. And if someone plays better, that's a fine. But like to get an 11 PPR and lose, that's hard to go to sleep happy. One thing I want to add here that's a little interesting tidbit for you. A couple things played into this. Number one, the reason, okay. And then following that, Matt guy goes and plays Bobilia. And I think he threw like a nine, six or something yes. like that did not play nearly as well. And Bobilia got him good. Here's something to keep in mind. Trey Birchfield was adamantly frustrated because he had to play Matt guy. Okay. I talked to him about this afterwards. The reason he ended up having to play Matt guy is because he was one of the only ones that had not already had an open score under his belt so his open standings mm. points was super low. So when Matt Guy got the one seed, having won an open already, Trey Birchfield got the eight seed. So when Trey Birchfield made the choice, instead of the first or second open, to go to one of those opens, he went oh. to a cash tournament somewhere else in the country. He <laughs> chose not to play in those opens. And ultimately, because of that choice, he ended up with an eight seed, which means he had to play Matt Guy out of the back. Because in my mind... If he gets matched up somewhere else, we saw we probably see a Trey Birchfield Matt guy maybe in a final Trey Birchfield Brandon Bobilia final or Almanza final. We don't know how that squares out depending on how well Trey Birchfield plays. So that's just just an interesting tidbit I wonder. Yeah, very about. interesting. Very I, interesting. I was wondering about that, so I'm glad you cleared that up because I was wondering how those two got paired up. And that seemed like the final match, 1921, wasn't it? Something like yep. that. So okay, that's good to know. Jamie Graham is back, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, uh, Trey. Um, the 2020 pitch base mechanic is back. He's non-throwing foot forward. He's got a familiar bag. He's back. Matt Guy is playing the best cornhole on the planet right now, and you could put Ryan Windsor right there with him. That's a one-liner for you. Yeah, but and- he can't. Did, can Ryan roll a typhoon? I don't think he rolled ever. He, Ryan's not a big. So Ryan, Ryan can roll. Um, but he's not a big rollback guy. He's not a big rollback guy. He's very strategic in when he uses it, but yes, he can roll that if he needed to. Here's my opinion on that. Ryan's uh, Ryan Ryan Windsor is better when he is a flop shot player instead of a roll shot player. And I know that's a subtle difference, 
but I'd rather see Ryan Windsor excel at the highest level when he's using a flop as a bag that's pinning something else or acting as an obstruction rather than attempting to roll over a set of bags like an Eric Davis. Because when he does that and relies on it too much, he goes left, he goes right, and he ends up not being as successful as if he just stayed down the center and shot an airmail. Fair enough. I like that. I like that. And to wrap it up, Mish, Noah Almanza and Brandon Babilia in the championship match in open number three. Who? I know. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> Brandon B is an OG. He's been around a long time. Most of, we were talking about the cornhole base. Most of them never seen him play. I've never seen him play, myself included. Solid bagger, hell of a showing. Um, Trey, you said it two weeks ago to watch out for Noah Almanza. You know, the rookie taking down the entire singles division. Here's what's interesting. He wins his bracket with a 9.4 PPR. We're talking about all these 10s. We're talking about Matt up there in 11. He was actually 15th in the field with a 9.4 PPR. Wins the whole thing. He gets wow. to the top eight. Yeah, he gets. <laughs> when he comes, you know, we're going to get a little interview out of him later. I got to ask him that question. He gets into the top eight playoffs. He's fifth out of the eight in PPR with a 9.78 in wins. Does he I get would love. Heads? He's just so quiet. <laughs> Man, I would love to see, you know, the stat master. I'd love to see Mike Morton dig deep into that. I think there's a treasure of information buried in there, and I think we could learn a lot about our game, understanding how Almanza pulled a win out with those kind of numbers. But overall, I was really impressed with his bag. Beautiful bag, beautiful pitch technique. I'm really pumped to see what the 2022 season looks like for, uh, for Almanza. Situational success. Situational success, right? I mean, it's yeah. gotta be it, yeah, well, right? I guess we'll see. We'll see if it's repeated, right? I mean, that's kind of right. the point. It's that you know, you could do it once and can you keep doing it? But you sort of brought us into the next segment, Anthony. So thank you. Let's bring on Mike. Let's see what he has to add to this because I'm I'm curious as well, looking at these PPRs. And I have to tell you, Mike, after you talked so much about which one's a better predictor, PPR, DPR, I was thinking about that as I was watching. And yep. I have to say, there were some people that had those big differentials, not because they necessarily played such a great defensive game, but because the other person played off. And how do you know yep. that looking at a number? So you, I'm on I'm on the PPR game. I'm with you, Mike. Yeah, you, you, you don't. You simply don't. And that's where you, you statistics can tell you a lot, but they just can't tell you everything. You cannot glean everything you need to know from the stats as much as I love them. Uh, there's a lot of breaks and, and like Trey said, situational successes that come into, into winning a bracket. Um, one of the analogies I use is when, a, when the cornhole players, when the pros or, or these elite players walk into a tournament, it's almost like they're given a 50-50 uh, a raffle ticket. And the more talent they have, the better player they have, the more tickets they get. So your, your mid and lower tier pros only get a handful of tickets or maybe even a couple tickets each. Your elite players get, you know, the double arms length worth of tickets and they all drop them in the bucket. And then the cornhole fates are going to reach in and pull out a ticket and decide whose day it was. The better you are, the better chance you have of having that great day. But that player with one ticket in the bucket still has got a shot to, to have that big day. So. That is an amazing analogy. I, you know, who would be you. proud of that is Bernie Neighbors. Bernie Neighbors Good. would love that analogy. I, I like it. I've, I've worked on it for quite a while. It actually goes a lot longer, but I, I abbreviated it. <laughs> All right. So, so guys, what I wanted to talk about this week was last week we spent a, a decent amount of time talking about what I called my dirty dozen. We went through a dozen teams that I thought could win the whole thing without raising an eyebrow. 
Um, we made some comments about those teams. I just want to kind of recap how those teams did and, and revisit some of our statements and, and track the progress of those players and teams. So I'm just going to kind of really quickly go through those dozen and then we're going to circle back to a couple of them and talk about them. So first out of the gate, we had Jordan Camba and, and Ashton Spees. Um, they ended up coming in 13th, which was right around that top dozen. Um, also, when you consider there's a couple late entries that we weren't aware of when we recorded that segment um, that, that may have made the top dozen, that, that's, a, that's a pretty accurate pick there. Um, Halbert and Zockline came in 17th. Again, pretty close. Uh, not, not super successful where they, I think they would want to be, but not too bad. Um, then we had Baldwin and Renner coming in seventh. The big one, and, and I'm resisting the big I told you so, the big one. Humans and Cobb coming in third place overall. Um, yep. Tyler, I heard from him numerous times during the tournament, and Jimmy as well for having their back. So um, good on them. That was a great finish for them. But uh, they, they come in with a third-place finish out of the Dirty Dozen. Um, then we have Damon Dennis, Philip Hayden coming in ninth. Eric Davis and Noah Wooten, a, a little bit of a disappointment here, coming in 25th. Um, Henderson and Hisner. Anthony went out on a limb. Unprovoked, I might add, Anthony. <laughs> and he picked Henderson Hisner to win it all. And they had a solid finish coming in seventh place. Nothing to be ashamed of. But again, uh, players of their caliber, I, I, I'm sure they hoped for a little bit better. Um, Holland and Holland. Great performance out of the gate with a fifth place overall. Um, another disappointing pair, I'm sure. Birchfield and Rawls. 33rd place overall. There's, there's, some, there's some discussion to be had around that. Um, and then down to my final three. Two of these three were in the finals. Um, Graham and Power came in second place. Guy Nation, of course, with the win. And then Maudlin and Schlobaum, again, a little bit of a disappointment for them. They came in 25th overall. So overall, they weren't too bad. We talked about some sleeper teams. Um, Niestet and Miralis came in 33rd. Anderson Glass, 17th. Uh, Morton and Cripps, 33rd. Morrison and Price, Big ninth place finish there. I was pretty high on them as a, as a sleeper. And then I think we had Pear teamed up with Ferreira, but he actually play, played with Langworthy. Yeah. They finished with 17th. So um, some pretty good finishes for those teams. I'm, I'm kind of happy with those with those picks. There's only a couple teams that came in out, out of left field to, to really surprise us. So um, you're going to have that at every tournament. So hats off to them. But I do want to go back and talk about a couple of these. The first one I want to talk about we had questions about Derek Holland. Okay, Josh, we all we were all sold on Josh. We weren't so sure about Derek. I want to tell you, Derek outperformed Josh this weekend. Statistically and numerically, Derek outperformed Josh, which I think should scare the heck out of everybody else. Um, Derek in rounders shot a 9.61 to Josh's 9.32. Differential was 1.16 to 1.03. So clearly Derek outshot Josh there. Um, then in the doubles bracket, he outshot him 9.61 to 9.59. Josh did have a little higher differential, 0.47 to 0.03. But then in the singles bracket, Derek outshot him 10.35 to 9.48. So big performance from, from Derek Holland. And again, I think the whole pro division should be a little scared to know that Josh has got someone of that caliber on the other end from him. So it's actually a little bit surprising to me. I was kind of, I was surprised to hear that about Derek Holland because I didn't hear a ton of chatter, but the, st I mean, the stats don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Derek, Derek statistically definitely held up his end. If, if not, 
you know, I, nobody carries Josh Holland. Um, right. that, that, I'm not going that far. Um, but they, they were definitely a good compliment to each other this weekend. And of course, again, statistically, the breaks didn't come their way. They didn't, you know, they, they came with a fifth place overall, which is very solid. Um, but uh, be, be afraid of that team. So the, the other one that I wanted to talk about, it was the, the Humans Cobb. Tyler Cobb definitely was on a mission to, to, to prove himself this week. And I, I want to say I'm not 100% convinced, and Tyler, I'm just calling it as I see it again. You threw great this weekend. Statistically, though, maybe a little bit of, of you know, some breaks. Your, your numbers, you know, his numbers were not dominating. But we were talking about humans and Cobb as a team, and as a team, they really gelled and came together. Um, and to give you an idea, what I've talked about and what I'm talking about in doubles, um, Tyler only shot an 8.77 with a negative differential. So Jimmy had a fantastic doubles bracket, shot a 9.7. I forget what his differential was, but um, as a team, they did what they needed to do to win. And I do have to say Tyler redeemed himself in the singles bracket like he had a, a 9.29. He, he definitely uh, on the weekend had a great weekend. But yeah, see, for me, I'm not as worried about the statistics from Cobb on the double side because there is something to be said about each team having an alpha. And for me, I think Jimmy Humans has been waiting to be that person. And I think Tyler Cobb is completely okay giving it to him and letting him have it and allowing him to drive the team. And Tyler's job is to mitigate damage, be situationally excellent, and they can come through and have a big finish at every tournament they play in. And that's exactly what Tyler Cobb needed to do here at this yes. Open, and that's exactly what he did. I 100% agree. Um, Anthony, do you have any thoughts about, about those two? Yeah, remind me, were you actually at the Open this weekend? I was. I was. Okay, when, when you were seeing the matchups, when people coming in on the matchups, were they matching up, like, for example, was Josh taking the best player on the other team, or were people matching up with inside-outside arms and it didn't care about that? I, I can't say I noticed a trend, especially with that particular team. Yeah, I wonder with, like, a, a Derek and a Josh, if, you know, they typically, Josh ends up typically taking the best player on the other team and how that kind of messes with the stats. Obviously, his job is to hold down washes and tame their best player. And then Derek can strike on the other side and score. You know, that's kind of one strategy thing that could come into play on the stats. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, the, just, differential, just the differential, at least in the rounders where they had six, you know, six games in rounders. Um, Derek was, had a better differential than Josh. So For again, sure. I'm, I'm high on Derek right now. I, I think he, I think he proved himself. On the Raw, Rawls Birchfield one though, like you said, uh, definitely underperformed. Uh, Rawls actually had a negative 0. 0.71 DPR. Yes, double. yes, and an eight wow. five four. It was an eight five four and a negative 0. 0.71. Eight five four. Negative 0. 0.71. You yes. want to hear an even deeper stat than that? Trey Birchfield had a negative as well. Yep. Negative you, point. You took my nine. line. You took my line. Yep. Crazy. They both had negative DPRs. Never wow. That. Wow, that, that, wow, that, wow. That is, that is mind blowing. So here, here's, here's where everybody, everybody is going to go panic. And when everybody <laughs> panics, there's okay, no panic. It, 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 <laughs> when everybody panics, I'm going to say the same thing as last time. Okay. The same thing as last time is 
by last time, I mean last year when you had Jamie Graham and you had uh, Matt Guy in the first couple events that they played together, they didn't win everything. And everybody was throwing their hands in the air and everybody's freaking out. It's like, (laughs) it's like Aaron Rodgers, relax, right? relax, everybody. Give them some time. They're not going to be world beaters the first time they play together. I promise you they're going to be fine. Deep breath in, deep breath out. <laughs> well, I agree with you, Trey, that they're going to be fine. I, I do have to say some teams came out of the gate, and I think they've already proven themselves. And I yes. think they yes. yet to prove themselves. So they, they still have some work. They still have some work, some work in front of them. Um, another, team that, another team that was a little disappointing that, honestly, I feel maybe a little differently about, Modlin and Schlobaum, when you looked at their entire body of work, they only came in 25th um, overall, which, again, not horrible considering the talent that was there, but definitely not where we thought they would be. But honestly, in the doubles bracket, it was Frank with a little bit of a letdown with the numbers than it was Austin. And I think we all know where Frank has been lately, and that was a fluke. So when Frank is on his A game, Austin – I think proved himself as being capable of standing across from Frank. And even though they only had a 25th place finish, I feel a little more, you know, enthusiastic right now about where they are. Um, as far as that goes, did you, did you have any, uh, insight into, into that pairing or thoughts? Yeah, I think same thing with Birchfield and Rawls, just relax. They're going to be fine. Frank had a bad weekend. He's been unbelievable. He's been white hot. It's, it's coming. And if anything, they're going to benefit from a poor performance this weekend because everybody's going to go, oh, they were in my top 10. No, no, no. They're like 16, 17. And then, yeah. then they're going to surprise some people. No, too too early to sell. Too early to sell. And then the last one you guys touched on, I just wanted to say Eric Zocline. I'm not 100% convinced that he did everything he needed to do to sell us on the Halbert Zocline pairing. Um, he did good. but I Much better in singles. Much better in singles. Yeah, he did much better in singles. Um, in doubles, he had a negative differential, 9.13. Again, stats do not tell the entire story. One tournament does not tell the entire story. But I'd feel a whole lot better about them if he came out of the gate swinging and you know had a fantastic performance this weekend in doubles. So again, I think that's another team that still has to prove something. I don't think it's time to panic on them. Talent will win out in the end, but... They, they, they're a question mark at this point still in my mind. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. But at the same time, I was more worried about Eric on the single side and he proved on the single side. That <laughs> he I did. Think he's, he's, he's he did. His numbers, his numbers and his performance both were, were much better on the single side. So um, guys, I just want to leave you with three notable performances, three people that I thought really stood out. You can't, you can't leave out Matt guy. Boom. I, Anthony already went through the numbers. They're mind boggling. Frankly, I would not have believed them. I would have called, I would have put up my yellow flag and said, no way. There's no way. If you would have told me he would have went to two opens and put together the numbers that he's put together. I don't care if he won the whole tournament or not. I simply don't care. The, these numbers are incredible. 10, six, five and rounders. Um, he threw a 10, three, six and doubles and 11, oh, six and singles, not even getting into the differentials. He's that one player that, He's not going to play a messy game and get a high differential. He's just going to average an 11 on you. And when you average a 9.8, his differential is a 1.2. You know, he's just going to kill you with differential because he's so good at PPR. 
Yeah, um, don't play messy with him. He will throw no, an airmail over a level one blocker. It blows yeah, my he, mind. Yes. A blocker right up on the hole over the top. Yeah. On his first he is in, he is in peak. <laughs> I don't know how he feels about where he is performance wise, but in my mind, he is in peak form right now. As Anthony said, I saw Anthony likes this term one toe in the water, one foot in the water, whatever he says. I saw Jordan power had a bag hanging in the hole on an open board. And Matt guy still threw an airmail. That right. is literal, like insanity. That is not yes. normal. The confidence <laughs> level to throw it is one thing. The ability to hit it is a totally different thing. Just nuts. So, so I came away yet again, impressed with Matt guy. Uh, the next one, I, I don't think we've sang the praises of Brandon uh, Pobilia enough. Um, he was just phenomenal from start to finish. In rounder, I did feel bad for him at the end, though, Mike, when he didn't realize that he yes, lost. Yes. A poor guy. Yes, he didn't was, do the math. And, oh. That was crushing. But I, I, I've known Brandon, you know, I, I'm not good friends with Brandon, but I've talked to him off and on over the last couple of years. I know his talent level is as good as many, if not all of the elite players he is. I, I don't know his story as to why he hasn't went pro. I know he's got, you know, starting a family and, and he's got some priorities, but do not, do not sleep on him just because he doesn't have the title. He is a phenomenal player. He threw a nine, six, four in rounders. Turned around in doubles and threw a 10.04. And then in singles, obviously, he had that phenomenal runner-up finish, and he finished with a 9.63. And then the last player I want to talk about, we talked a little bit about her earlier, but Cheyenne Renner. She's not going away, guys. She is not going away. Uh, she wins her bracket. And again, the numbers just consistently across the board. 9.83 in doubles. Uh, rounder. I'm sorry, 9.83 in doubles. 9.85 in rounders. And then a 10.07 in singles. So anybody that thought her world championships was a fluke, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Do not sleep on Cheyenne Renner. She is a top 10 player. Well, I don't know who would have thought that, but they would, have, yes, be crazy <laughs> to think that. That's I, for sure. I'm just going to go on record as saying this. Only one of the people on the screen right now put Cheyenne Renner in their top 10. That's true. Uh -oh. Anyone want to raise their hand? <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Early. These players will prove you wrong more than they will prove you right. I know that. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, all, all great to go through all of that, Mike. Thanks so much for your time. We're going to uh, have to say goodbye to you for now, but we will have you on soon again, and we'll get into quickly the news around the league. So thanks for coming on, Mike, and we'll see all you right. next time. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Great. So we're going to go into the news around the league. Then we're going to go right into our Noah Almanza interview. So there are some pros that won singles in the regionals around Mike Harvey, Glenn Gondel, Justin Rich, Jalen Jones, Jackson Gore, Tyler Parent, Dayton Weber, and Trey, ba Trey Baker. And then for our doubles, we had Alan Rawls, Kyle Malone, Mike Harvey, Cameron Holland, Tony Hughes, Jackson Gore, Jacob Gore, Kevin Lute, Ben Close, Steven, Steven Wendling, Dayton Weber, Mike Hoffman, Trey Baker, and Drew Baker. So those are some of the winners around the league. But without further ado, let's bring on Noah Almanza, the winner, and ask him some great questions about this incredible cornhole that happened. So welcome, Noah. Hi, everyone. How are you guys? Hello, Noah. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. I mean, what an exciting weekend of cornhole, probably an exhausting one for you. But from us, it was fun to watch. I just wanted to know, Noah, you know, I don't know you well. I don't know much about your style. But like when you came into this weekend, were you like, I got this? 
I'm taking the win in singles. This is my weekend. Were you confident? Like, how did you feel coming into it? Um, I was confident to a point. Um, like, I saw everybody that was there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is definitely going to be tough. And um, I just tried playing my best every every game, whether it was do, doing whatever I had to do to score and keeping the game and win. <laughs> well, clearly it worked. <laughs> no, no. At one point, I love asking this 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 question to a lot of people that win tournaments. But this is a big win for you, obviously. Um, but at what point in the tournament did you kind of say to yourself, "I"? I think I'm going to win this thing or like, I, I think I legitimately, this isn't going to, this is no longer like, okay, I'm trying to get top 10. This is like, this is my tournament now. I think I'm the new, did you have that moment at any point? Um, Kinda. Um, Like in the winter, fine, winter semis of my like side of the bracket, I had a 21, 20 game and I, I threw really good and somehow came with the win. And then against Jeff, I threw really good still. And then in the finals against Phil. That was nasty. That was a great game. He he threw great, and I somehow won. And then I'm like, maybe I have a chance to win. And I threw great (laughs) against Eric and really good against Jamie and finished with Brandon. So, so I want to feed off. You said you did what you did. You did what you had to do to score and win. So kind of feeding into that one, if you look back on stats, the only stat that really indicates a championship title was wins. So you were 15th in PPR in bracket play. You were five out of eight in PPR out of the top eight. You lived it every round, every game. What is it about your game style and strategy that earned you this championship despite what the PPR stat says, which is otherwise? Well, it's it's sometimes like obviously you want to go in every single time, but like sometimes you have to throw a block so maybe they can't go in and obviously it'll deplete your stats a little bit. And obviously it's the end of the day and I'm getting tired and <laughs> it, you just sometimes you just got to do what you have to do to maybe score a couple points here and not looking for five, six points every single time. And you just got to do it one or two points and you'll eventually hopefully get the win. So you said you threw a block and it would deplete your stats. Are you thinking, are you thinking about stats when you're strategizing? Does that change your game mindset? Or do you say, I need to block. I don't care about my PPR. I'm going to win it this way. Uh, Not really. Like towards the end of the day, I, I, didn't try to block. And if, if I blocked, it was by accident. I just threw it too soft. <laughs> Which is okay, right? I Which love is okay. <laughs> I love that. If you go with a bag one, two, or three, and it comes up short, short of the hole, you're okay with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, some of the times I'll, I'll try to drag it, but I didn't have to drag very many. So if yeah, it wasn't I, PPR that won it for you, I mean, can you point to one thing that got you to the title? Was your airmail on? Was your block there when you needed it? What what was it that won you that title if it wasn't PPR? You get, are you getting in people's heads? What are you doing over there, Noah? <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely wasn't my airmail because I was off on that all day. Um, I think it's just 
capitalizing when whenever they miss. I think that's the biggest thing. I got to ask one thing, though. In that finals match, for the only the second time in my cornhole career, I saw someone throw an airmail that dragged all of their bags on one shot. And Brandon Bobilia drained that right in your face right next to you. How do you – what was your mentality like in that moment? Because to me, that is just deflating. I'm thinking – I'm literally watching the feed going – Oh my gosh, Noah's about to get eight. He's about to get eight points on this round. And then all of a sudden it turns into a wash. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then you won like four rounds later. How did you, how are you able to just get out of that mentality that this opponent just, just shot that, like that never happens. You made the highlight reel right in front of you. Right. Um, I just, yeah, obviously it was a great shot, but I just thought of it as another one. I had to put this in to, to keep on going and i just kept the mentality of i just gotta do what i gotta do to to get this win and i i, I did feel a little pressure after he made that <laughs> it was well, I saw I and i was like oh goodness yeah yeah I if i remember make, correctly the the score was like 13 12 i think he was down like a point so trey to your point that could that's a momentum shifter i mean right that could completely change the game and you didn't let it happen, though. It was it was a good match. It was awesome. I got I got one more. I know I'm stealing all the questions here, but when you think all the way back to when you won that competitive doubles world championship back in 2019, I mean, were you ever foreseeing like yourself going to the most stacked open in the history of the ACL against all of the best players in the world and taking down singles in this field for like for your biggest win ever. I mean, did you envision that as you were, you know, ultimately becoming a competitive doubles world champion a few years ago? Um, I definitely not, did not have that like in the <laughs> line of sight for how, like how good the field was here. Awesome. I, mean, I appreciate the honesty. I think that, <laughs> you know, I, I think about someone like Jordan power and I feel like it would be a different mentality. I mean, obviously we didn't ask him, but I just feel like his mindset would be different going in. Like I got this and I'm going to win the whole thing. And you know, just, that's why I was so curious about your mindset. If you walked in with that. And I think it's incredible that, you know, you had some confidence, obviously you thought you had a chance, but you're mm-hmm. also, you know, humble and honest about the fact that this is a stacked field. I don't know what's going to happen. So that's great. Well, we've so appreciated some time with you guys. Have any last questions before we wrap up with Noah? Just congratulations, man. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> hey, how'd you celebrate? It's a great question. Um, I didn't really celebrate at all, actually. Uh, what? <laughs> no, come on. Yeah, come on. And was super tired from the, the whole day, the whole weekend. Fair enough. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, Noah. Come on. We got to work on that, buddy. We got to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Well, thanks so much, Noah. We loved having you on, and congrats on your huge win. And I hope this just is the momentum you need to keep going forward. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's time to move into buy or sell. Um, I'm going to move through these fairly quickly, so uh, pay attention, all right? We got the first one. Pay attention. Yeah, pay attention. (laughs) One or more of the level one singles doubles winners from this weekend will repeat at an ACL national. Buy or sell, Trey? 
Yeah, I got to buy it um, just because, uh, you know, no, no offense to, to Noah. I'm not sure if he's – how much staying power he's got to win. I think he's maybe a top 10 player, but Matt and Brett, Matt or Brett, you know, obviously they won't win doubles together because they're not playing, but that's just too big of odds not for them to win one of them. Sure. Hear, hear me out on this one. Don't yell at me. I know you're the rules. I'm gonna sell on singles, but I'll get to the, I'll get to the the, the, uh, the bottom line here. Uh, winning a singles open is crazy, especially with a field like we were dealing with last or this past weekend. Too much talent. I don't think we see a singles winner repeat. But like you said, Trey, I think the guy guy is the bait to buy this one. Uh, mm-hmm. If you told me the guys were going to attend all the remaining opens, I would buy the whole package. But I don't think they do. I'm going to sell on it. Okay, fair enough. Matt Guy's the best player in the world right now. Buy or sell. Buy. <laughs> He's buying, no hesitation. <laughs> Gosh, I, I'm gonna buy it, but it's close. Um, it's close. I still well, think Trey is on his heels. According to PPR, I, it was literally close. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's it's really hard for me not to sell it on on Trey's side. Um, but I, I'll, I'll buy it. I think, right. Windsor's on, I think Windsor's on his heels. He is. I, I, think, I think Windsor's third. I still think Trey. I still think Trey is too. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Rookie Noah Almanza finishes the pro season ranked higher in singles than rookie Alex Rawls by herself. It's like, it, it's just like overreaction Monday. Is that what they call it or something like that? Where you're supposed to like overreact to everything that happens that weekend. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get on that train. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going to sell it because I just think Rawls is too talented. Um, I know he's going to be a top 20 player. Is Almanza going to be able to finish in that top 20 nonstop all year in the pro division? I don't know yet. Okay. I'm also selling, uh, you know, we see a different Rawls the rest of the season. Uh, really impressed with Almanza, but I'm going to sell on that one. All right, number four. Uh, Matt Guy and Jamie Graham will be a oh. better team than they were last season. Anthony. Um. Wow, how do you get better? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're definitely playing better, but how do you get better than the best? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd have to buy that they, you know, statistically play better. They win more matches. Maybe they get two national championships. I could go with buy. I'm going to buy because I didn't say finish better. I said play better. Play better. Right? Okay, fair enough. So I think they are going to be better this year. And if they don't succeed then ultimately it's because and if they don't have as good of a finish as they did last year, it's ultimately because people just eat played even better. And I'm okay accepting that. But I think I think they're better this year than they were last year already. Agree. Bag selection key. And 11 PPRs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last one, Miranda Coy is a top three female pro this season. Difficult one. I mean, Renner, Renner, obviously still at number one for me, Cassie, one of those two ladies, uh, Cassidy, one of those two ladies that made the top 50. She's certainly going to be in there. We've got multi-national champs and Finley and streaker hunters breaking out Moppin's coming in. 
Man, uh, you, you know didn't even say Belvin. I know, and I haven't even said Belvin, who I really wanted to talk a little bit about Belvin earlier, but I know we're running out of time. Amazing turnout. Congrats to Belvin. I would say yes, based on the way Coy's coming out at the beginning of this season, in the first two nationals, she's got two top five appearances in women's singles. You can't ignore how she's coming out hot. I'm going to buy that one, Trey. I want to buy it so bad. I think she's fourth, um, so I'm going to sell it. I think it's I think it's Renner. I think it's Finley and I think it's Belvin are our top three. Um, and I think I have, I have Coy right at four. She's got higher upside. So she's got a high, really high ceiling. I just don't know what the floor is yet. So I'm going right, to right. I'm sorry about that guys. My internet's being crazy today. All right, let's move in. Thanks for taking over there, Trey. Let's yeah. move into <laughs> the holy hot things. <laughs> um, so, and hopefully it will cooperate with us for the last minute here. So, all right. What's your hot take, Trey? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, I am going to, I'm going to contradict my last statement uh, in, in a way, because I just said Miranda Corey, she's going to finish fourth. I think my my bold statement is she has the highest single national finish by a female this season. So over the, over the course of the season, she's going to finish lower than, say, Cheyenne Renner. But for one national, she outperforms Cheyenne Renner's highest potential. That's my oh, bold hot okay. take. I like it. I like, I like it. it. Anthony. All right. As, as ludicrous as this, it's going to hear to hear myself say this. An 11 PPR is the new 10. <laughs> and, the, and the target now to win tournaments is 11. That's wow. insane. <laughs> That's insane. Well, mine is I think the pros that treat cornhole like a pro sport and themselves like athletes will really start to pull away and rise to the top. Like those that take care of their bodies at a higher level and consider things like hydration, nutrition, yoga, preventative care. And then also considering what sponsors might want from an athlete. I just think we're going to start to see a divide, maybe not this year, maybe next year. But I think it'll start to see that those that treat it like it, like they're actually professional athletes. So that's my hot take. And that's what we got this week uh, for Around the ACL. What an awesome weekend of Cornhole. And we will see you guys all next time. See ya.